This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is the Real Estate Hour on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is your host, Sam Chandon. Welcome to the Real Estate Hour on SiriusXM Business Radio, powered by Wharton. I am your host, Sam Chandon. The Real Estate Hour airs at noon Eastern every Friday. Immediately after our show at 1 p.m. Eastern, stay tuned to Business Radio for Behind the Markets, hosted by Professor Jeremy Siegel and Head of Research at Wisdom Tree, Jeremy Schwartz. As always, you can access our past shows using the SiriusXM On Demand feature. If you have a question during today's discussion, please do give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also email your questions to businessradio at SiriusXM.com. Well, it has been more than a decade since the U.S. housing market reached the apex that preceded the global financial crisis, and almost a decade since Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the government-sponsored enterprises that live at the foundation of our system of housing finance, in the face of extraordinary losses, came under conservatorship. While the GSEs have returned to profitability, the exit from conservatorship has not followed. In part, that reflects the absence of a political consensus on the government's role in supporting housing outcomes in the United States. Later in today's program, I'll be joined by Dr. Mike Fratantoni, Chief Economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association and a returning guest to the program. In addition to a general update on housing markets and mortgage rates and trends in housing affordability, We'll be discussing the Mortgage Bankers Association's most recent open letter to Congress on GSE reform. Since its release last month, the letter, which makes the case for a comprehensive secondary mortgage market reform, has been signed by more than 160 lenders. But first on today's program, crowdfunding has emerged over the last several years as a novel application of technology to traditional mechanisms for real estate fundraising. While still a very small share of overall an equity debt financing landscape in real estate, the prospects for growth have captured a great deal of attention and seen several new platforms emerge in 2017 and early 2018. Forbes magazine, in a post just day before yesterday, included crowdfunding as one of the five savvy ways to invest $10,000 in 2018. With me to discuss crowdfunding and how the space has evolved over the last year, I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Kaufman, co-founder and managing director of Arbor Crowd. Adam, thanks for coming back to the program. Sam, thanks for having me today. So let's start uh, with some background for the uninitiated. What is real estate crowdfunding? In the simplest form, real estate crowdfunding, especially in the commercial space, is the ability to invest in commercial real estate online that didn't exist before for somebody on the retail side, somebody who was never involved in crowd in commercial real estate. So when you talk about the retail side, uh, who is this customer? Who's using the crowdfunding platform? So it really depends on the platform that you go to, but there are um, platforms that allow just accredited investors, which is what Arbor Crowd does. An accredited investor is somebody who makes $200,000 or more a year or with their spouse, $300,000. Um, that's the traditional 506C model. There's also the Reg A plus model that allows anybody to invest, but there's other um, restrictions there that you should uh, be aware of. 
So I'm a, a working professional. I'm not necessarily someone who has exposure or background to real estate, uh, but I you know, want to have you know some real estate in my portfolio. Um, I can go onto the platform if I meet these threshold criteria of two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollars with my spouse and in income. Um, I, I can go and use Arbor Crowd or another platform to actually invest. Absolutely. And, you know, what you have to do when you go to the platform is make sure that you're presented with the materials to make that investment decision. So you can go to the platforms There's different platforms out there, but you should make sure that you feel confident and comfortable to make that investment decision. So and what is my experience as a user of this type of platform? Uh, am I uh, giving money to an Arbor crowd and having uh, Arbor crowd invest on my behalf in a variety of deals that, you know, uh, you know, fit uh, the platform? platform's portfolio? Is it the case that I'm choosing individual properties? Is there, am I essentially going shopping on the site? It, it depends where you go, but our model is that you choose the property and we believe in that model and we've stuck with it. And we've been seeing lately that companies that, you know, pool people's monies together and then invest it have been reverting back to this model of investing on a deal level. So let me explain a little bit why we think this is happening and why we chose the deal model. Um, ultimately, you know, there are a lot of investors out there who should get comfortable and get the insight into the transaction that they're looking to invest in. So when you have a deal by deal model, you can analyze and understand the materials being presented to you. In our case, we, we present our investors with, you know, over a 30 page offering overview with the same materials that we're looking at when we underwrite the transaction um, to actually make the investment decision on their level. So they can feel confident and comfortable and say, you know what, this transaction, this deal, this strategy is right for my investment needs. And ultimately, we think that's very important for the investor to feel and make in order to make the right decision for them. Right. So I'm going onto the site. I'm being able to, I mean, I'm able to choose a specific deal. A am I in investing on the equity side or am I, is this structured as debt where I'm effectively contributing to loan proceeds? So we focus strictly on equity. So let me just take a step back and explain that Arbor Crowd is part of the Arbor family of companies. Arbor is a publicly traded real estate investment trust. We also have AMAC, Arbor Management Acquisitions Company, which is our private equity shop. Um, Arbor Crowd, you know, since 2017, really is the newest member of the Arbor family of companies. And we focus on equity only here at Arbor Crowd. We understand from the debt side, based on Arbor Realty Trust's experience, how in how detailed and intrinsic debt financing is. So if you're a retail investor going to invest in debt, it's a step removed. It, you know, it's essentially a legal instrument that you have to come to understand that's collateralizing the deal. So we feel that that's a little more risky, um, you know, and you have to really be a strong operator in order to do that successfully. Therefore, we've really said, you know what, equity is the right path to go when it comes to crowdfunding because people can actually trace their dollars down to the property level. So when they're home at night talking to their friends, they can say, I've invested dollars down in this property and I'm partnering with so-and-so, an institution, hopefully, that's running this property and they can feel good about that. So if I were to go and buy a 10-year treasury today, I'm looking at a current yield of something a little under 3%. Uh, what do the returns look like for someone who's deploying um, and making an investment in crowdfunding? So uh, crowdfunding really is IRR-driven. That's where the industry is right now. It really depends on the market. And, you know, nobody should really just read the face value of, 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 of what somebody's presenting to them. So what we like to offer our investors is mid to high teens um, IRRs, um, basically, you know, throughout secondary and tertiary markets. 
in the multifamily space. What we offer um, to investors, you know, in, in a New York, Upper East Side, Yorkville, or in a Brooklyn type um, area, basically a low to mid-teens IRRs, and it really is dependent on knowing who's presenting the deal to you and how they're doing those calculations and underwriting it. All right, so we're working off of internal rates of return, and we've got you know some pretty robust returns uh, that are offered through the crowdfunding platform. They'll obviously vary significantly depending on the exact risk profile of the investment being undertaken. We've got this two to three hundred thousand dollar threshold for the uh, what we refer to as the accredited investor. Over and above that two or three hundred thousand dollar income threshold, what do your investors look like? Is this sort of your your doctor? Uh, is this sort of your investment banker maybe isn't doing real estate. Uh, you know, who is this platform ideal for? Anybody that makes that meets that income threshold. We have people that you know are trying to save money and and put it away for for later in life, and they have that disposable income right now that are making these types of investments decision in their late twenties. And we have a mother who, who who recently unfortunately lost her husband and has four kids and, and is using the life insurance money to invest in real estate and, and, and develop her portfolio that way. And we also have older people, you know, who are, who are trying to um, invest their money for their kids and their grandkids. So it really supports anybody and everybody. And that's the beauty of what we're doing. If you meet the accredited investor threshold, you can go in, learn about this deal on any level and make the investment entirely online, which is, which is great and convenient, obviously. So if I know nothing about real estate, uh, is the platform set up to provide me with sort of, you know, the, the, the level of information and insight that I need to make a well-informed decision? How much of this is me sort of uh, you know, saying Arbor crowd? You know, I'm I'm putting my faith in you as an institution uh, to ultimately deploy capital on my behalf. Just to give you a sense of what goes into even getting a deal live on our platform, it takes us four weeks to put together just the presentations that we're giving to investors. And we give the facts as they are and the business plan and the strategy as they are. So if you create an account at arborcrowd.com, you basically get to see the actual offering overviews of each and every investment that we've done. You also have private placement memorandums with your rights and, 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 and details of the property's rights um, and, the, and the partnership that you're getting into of over 180, 90 pages. So everything is really there for you. And on top of that, we do education stuff. So what we'll do is we'll do a, a live webinar with live Q&As where we'll explain people, hey, here's how we're looking at the deal. Here's how the sponsor's looking at the deal. And we give them the ability to really get ask their questions and get familiar. And people have questions ranging in based on their personal needs in every way or different levels of education and understanding. And they reach out to us all the time. And that's what we're here for. We're here to help them understand the investment to feel comfortable. Now, you've described a couple of different mechanisms through which you can reach the market. There are the uh, mechanisms through which you uh, reach and raise capital through accredited investors. But as I understand it, it's not necessarily the case that you're limited to accredited investors. There are going to be platforms out there where folks that maybe don't meet that two to $300,000 income threshold are also going to be able to invest. Uh, why is it that in the case of Arbor Crowd, uh, you've decided to focus on accredited investors uh, exclusively? So the Reg A Plus model, which is what you were explaining before, really came about in 2015. And what was happening was that a lot of technology companies had emerged in the crowdfunding space, and they needed to both source the real estate and source the investor base. In order to source the real estate, you have to put money down front in order to close on a transaction to then go raise it from the crowd. 
right? These models weren't working because what was happening is they didn't have the money to front. They would go and try and raise it from the crowd simultaneously while they were closing, and they were unable to do so. So the Reg A Plus model really came about to offer the ability for people to um, close on the close, raise the money in advance and then close on the transaction. Now, we felt that ultimately this model would be a little bit hard to, for investors to, to appetite at the end of the day. Why? Because you're asking people who are unfamiliar with real estate to invest in up to $50 million before they even know where that money is going or the strategy is being implemented at very little amounts as minimums are sometimes $1,000, $5,000. And at the end of the day, people are saying to themselves, how can I hold someone accountable? I don't know enough. I don't have in, enough insight into it. And I'm first being introduced to real estate for the first time now. They're telling me how to perceive it, but I can't really make my own judgment. So by the time the actual transactions come around, which have a life cycle of three to four to five years, right, they've already, set, already committed their capital that they can't get back. And what we're seeing today, which is very interesting, is we've, we've, like you said, Sam, we've always stuck with the 506C offering model, which is really one investment at a time and two accredited investors. We're seeing a lot of the companies that went to the Reg A Plus model revert back to the 506C offering model, and we have a lot of suspicions of why that's happening. One, it's very interesting because when you get to a Reg A Plus model's website, a lot, a lot of the marketing you'll see is invest in real estate and you can earn this amount, X amount of money, right? When everybody gets to a website and says, everybody here coming is being told that they can earn that amount of money, it almost seems too good to be true. So people are saying, oh, wait a minute, it, it, it can't necessarily, there has to be somewhere along the lines that this is a trick, right? Or it, it is too good to be true. That's number one. Number two is that you're ultimately, what, what you're asking for and the work involved to raise $1,000 from somebody who makes $100,000 or $100,000 from somebody who makes $10 million, they're going to ask the same questions and they're going to care about their dollar just as much. So the work that are, is being put in to cultivate these investors and have them come in and invest is the same. So a lot of people are going back to the accredited model, raising their minimums and saying, I'd rather do the hard work for more dollars. So what is the minimum on Arbor Crowd? So Arbor Crowd's minimum is $25,000, and we usually raise between 2 and $6 million for each transaction that we participate in. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Real Estate Hour on Business Radio, powered by Wharton. I'm your host, Sam Chandon, and my guest is Adam Kaufman, co-founder and managing director of Arbor Crowd, a leading crowdfunding platform for commercial real estate. Um, so this may be a, a, a dumb question. Uh, how do you get your money out once you've put it in? So once you've committed your capital on the Arbor Crowd uh, platform, it's there for the life cycle of the deal. So you have to feel confident in the business strategy. If your money is going to be tied up for, for two to three, two to five years, and you're not going to see any cash flow, you have to feel comfortable with your disposable income to say, I'm willing to keep my money invested in this deal to see the returns ultimately on the sale or a refi of the property. Um, if you have a different preference, you want to see some cash flow, there's different, op different investment opportunities out there. Some have quicker life cycles and have cash flow along the way. You really have to make the decision for what's personal and best for your, you. Okay, so you are tied in for a little while. Are there any prospects as crowdfunding as a platform uh, you know, or as a, a space within you know, real estate finance grows that we could have you know, some kind of secondary market liquidity uh, where you know, I might make an investment today, but I could sort of you know, sell that to someone else if I want to exit prematurely for my you know, three to five year window? Or is that a ways off still? 
I think that's actually in the very near future. I think in the next 12 months, you'll start to see real big players in the industry start to offer that both on a tech, from a technology perspective and from, the, uh, from a legal perspective to really give investors the ability to get out at different rates and, and really good players doing it. You know, crowdfunding has evolved, you know, and reg regulation then follows and the industry is currently being regulated by laws that were put in place hundreds of years ago. and basically we're at a point now where technology has emerged so quickly and is enabling people to do things so quickly. How does the regulations come? So it's, it's protective for both the investors and the sponsors alike. Right. I'm going to ask you in a little bit about sort of how the sector has evolved just over the last 12 to 18 months. I know the Arbor Crowd is you know, a relative newcomer to this space, uh, but given the pace of change you're describing, I imagine that, you know, the crowdfunding space today looks a little bit different than it did, you know, even a year ago or a year and a half ago. Before we go there, what does a typical property look like? And maybe even tell us about Tower on Ryan Park, your most recent deal. Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is, you know, we focus on the multifamily space, particularly in value add and management plays. You know, Arbor Realty Trust has been in business for, for and, and its leadership has been around for more than 20 years. And when crowdfunding came, you know, to, to, to existence, what we realized is that there's a whole new class of investors to invest in, and that's why we've created Arbor Crowd. So we take our multifamily experience and relationships, right, and offer those types of deals to the crowd. So, you know, we'll, we'll look at a value-add project where ultimately we're partnering, the crowd is partnering with a sponsor to invest in, in a deal. So our latest transaction, um, Tower and Ryan Park, the total capitalization for the deal was $12 million, uh, roughly $13 million, where we raised 2.6 in equity from the crowd. The projected IR was 16 to 18% over the three to five year period of time. And it was actually an unbelievable situation because the deal sold out in, in, in a week. What happened was we presented a repeat sponsor somebody who's performed successfully on the platform before and investors jumped to it because they've invested and are seeing good returns on, on his other transactions. So it, investors were like, said, I like what he's doing. I like the way his business strategy and plan is. It was a value add strategy in Mobile, Alabama, right? Where there's a very little inventory in the downtown area and a lot of job growth. And people really understood that the investment decision, the strategy on a property level really made sense for that area based on the information that they were able to get from the business plan itself. So the Tower on Ryan Park is in Mobile, Alabama. I'm curious then, you and I are both based in New York City. How did you come across the deal? So through our network of sponsors with our leadership team having 30 years of experience, and it's, it's, it's great to actually bring this up and talk about it, Sam, because there are a lot of companies out there that are technology companies and their access to real estate is very new. Arbor Crowd, like I keep saying, is part of the Arbor family of companies. We're presenting the same transactions from very experienced sponsors and relationships that we've had and cultivated over, over 20 years, right, from our leadership team to now offer up to the crowd to invest passively in, in small equity chunks. And that's really the breadth of experience that the, our crowd investors feel when they come to invest with us and why our deals go so quickly.
So when you've raised, you know, I think you just said two and a half, two point six million dollars in equity, uh, you know, and then there being a debt component, does the nature of the way in which you're raising money from accredited investors mean that there's some you know, reasonable limit on the size of these things? This works for a ten million dollar deal, you know, for a two hundred million dollar deal. This might not be the most appropriate or or cost effective way of raising capital. It, it it really depends. You know, we have a net. You know, we have investors are where some of our deals average over seventy thousand dollars per deal, per per investment. I'm sorry, broken up in a single deal. Now, for to get to that scalability, ultimately, what would, what should happen in the industry is the elimination of the ninety nine investors rule, which has been in place since the nineteen forties. And ultimately, you know, if you're gonna where Congress is going with you know letting crowdfunding really become an active space in commercial real estate investing, if they can raise that investor limit, you'll see investors come in and actually participate in larger transaction sizes because you can have more than 99 investors within within an investment group. So I think it's possible. I think it will be done in the future. I'm personally taking a large stance in trying to create that uh, attraction to actually happen on the hill. Um, and that will really, really push um, ways for, for the future of crowdfunding as an industry. So as we make progress towards that, I guess my next question, and this relates back to sort of the issue of how crowdfunding has changed over just the last year, how big is crowdfunding relative to the overall commercial real estate equity landscape? So it's, I always answer this question with, uh, with relative uh, scope. So, you know, Crowdfunding currently plays a very small piece in overall commercial real estate, but what you have to watch is the growth. From 2014 to 15, you have a two and a half times multiplier where crowdfunding's, you know, $250 million invested, right? And we're looking at the future of 2020 with that same type of growth at really tremendous numbers. You're looking at $300 billion projected in 2025. Now that, that's significant. And we're headed there just based on this year over year growth that we're seeing. So we're going to reach a point at some point where um, you know the, the the economy begins to slow, commercial real estate investment flows uh, begin to slow down. You know there will be some cyclical feature to the market where you know, uh, ultimately you know uh, you know we, we could see a recession in the next couple of years. Uh, does the, do the dynamics of crowdfunding, the way you raise money, the resilience of the space, d- does it change at all during tough times as compared to sort of the great run that we've had in commercial real estate so far this cycle? not if you're doing it right at the end of the day the people it's like anything else if you go with somebody who has less experience who's projecting returns in an area that they don't have an expertise in, they don't understand the market well enough and they're showing high returns and you invest with them to get in on it and they and let's say they don't have money on the line they're really taking your money yes you have a potential to lose that money and there's a risk for you but if you invest with people who have survived through the market cycles and have weathered it and know the markets well have the breadth of experience there and invest alongside them you have to trust that they can survive the downturns and, and, and the upturns as well. So you have to be in it with that, with that conscious in mind because real estate, like anything else, is cyclical. It has its cycles, and it's very important to be aware of that and know who you're partnering with and how you're investing. So uh, crowdfunding has emerged during this period where we've had you know, a really strong set of conditions in commercial real estate. Prices have been rising. Liquidity has been there on both the equity and the debt side. You know, all of that is supporting an environment in which delinquencies and defaults are at historic lows. Um, we've seen some aggressiveness in some uh, you know, parts of, of the lending market. Uh, in spite of all of that, you know, have we seen any situations where things maybe haven't gone well? I mean, have any deals blown up? <laughs> 
Well, I, that's, that's the problem. As no deals have blown up yet because the life cycle of real estate transactions you know, is a longer period of time and the industry is so new. There are bad actors. There are people who, um, companies that have falsely advertised or falsely marketed transactions that have, they've blown up. But talking about where the market is today, it's actually, you know, it's really hard to find good quality deals because there's so many people overpaying, right? There are so many new people saying, wow, the real estate market's hot. Let me get in on it. And they're overpaying for properties. And ultimately, the projections on the returns that they're offering up to the crowd are not, they're not real. And people have to then understand, okay, what, what does an up cycle look like? What does a down cycle look like? How do I factor that into making this decision? And you should really be asking these types of questions to the crowdfunding platform, to the sponsors that you're investing with. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Real Estate Hour on Business Radio, powered by Wharton. I'm your host, Sam Chandon, and my guest is Adam Kaufman, co-founder and managing director of Arbor Crowd. So, Adam, when I talk to, to you know, the institutional investors in the market that you know, where their sweet spot might be a you know, $200 million property, um, you know, they have consistently over the cycle described how there is a paucity of opportunity. They've got the dry powder. They've got the money to work with. They want to invest. There are just not enough deals and deal opportunities out there, uh, and that's making it challenging to deploy capital. Is is you know that is what I'm hearing sort of with that very large institutional investor, you know, something that you see happening at the level of the ten million, seven million dollar deal as well. It is, and you know, it, it's interesting because you know we can write a check size of, of a certain amount, you know, up to six million dollars at this point, and feel confident that that uh, you know we hit the investors, but we actually participate in larger transaction sizes, just making us less percentages of the equity. So we've participated in deals between you know the 25 and 50 million dark or even the 50 and 75 million dollar mark um, transactions. And what we ultimately look at, like, look at is what is the resiliency of this asset class? And that's why we focus on multifamily workforce housing, which proves to be the most resilient through different market cycles. And being aware of that is very important going into the transaction as well. Yeah. Now, on the multifamily side, you did describe how sort of your focus on value-add and management plays. Can you just describe for folks what you mean by that? So value-add is uh, – management is easier. A lot of properties around the, around the country have uh, low occupancy rates and are not really uh, – their rents on the property level are not really supporting where the actual market is. Just – because of inexperience, maybe the property has been in, in the family's hands for 100 years. And, you know, that's the only property they own and they don't have that much real estate experience. You know, so what, what's happening is you're seeing either lower occupancy rates or even the, the, the rents are really coming in a lot shorter than they could be asking for in that area, given the growth around it. Um, and they're not doing so. So you come in and you overhaul management and you basically say, hey, let's get these market rents more competitive. Let's also, uh, you know, get more aggressive on the marketing and, and, and get the units filled up and get occupancy higher. So that's one, one way. And usually they go really hand in hand often. But value add is when you go into the property and you're saying, okay, if we gave um, air conditioning units in each, in each apartment, now we can charge $50 more per month to each tenant, and then we can increase our overall um, we can increase our overall NOI really greatly. So that's really a value add strategy ranging from anything on the interiors of the units, slight improvements, maybe it's redoing some of the kitchen appliances, maybe some of the carpentry, um, or, or, or even the, the finishes, um, or take it out to exterior, maybe it's just a nicer clubhouse, or maybe it's, you know, it's, it's, it's paved, uh, paved roads and, and better parking spots. You know, there's a lot of things that can be done in a value-add way, and you can go in as small, at a low dollar amount per unit, or as big, and see 
similar uh, IRR returns. You've described how Arbor Crowd is uh, an element of or a piece of this, you know, this larger group of companies. Overall, we've seen some other, you know, we've seen a number of crowdfunding platforms emerge, even in early 2018. Uh, what are the ingredients of a successful, credible crowdfunding platform that is going to you know, really deliver for its investors? First and foremost, it's experience, then it's transparency. And then it's education. And the last two kind of go hand in hand, but there's also a difference, right? Experience is important. You want to invest in somebody who A, knows what they're doing and can survive the different cycles, right? Then there's transparency. You want to be presented with the right information to feel confident that you understand the transaction well enough. And once the transaction closes, you feel confident that you're going to get your quarterly reports, right? You're going to get your distributions, and that's going to be communicated effectively with you because ultimately you are a co-owner of the property, and you deserve the same rights to understand what's happening on a property level and why in the same way. Um, and then there's also um, communication where, uh, you know, people uh, really that backside, you know, what's on, on the reporting and what's happening there and, and, and how that's being told to you and, and the narrative, because at the end of the day, it's partnership. And when you have partnership, you're two people invested in the same transaction who care. So the guy doing all the work every day on the property, managing it, is and has his or her dollars invested just alongside yours, even though you're more passive, right? And you can feel confident that your interests are aligned because you're there together. So we have just a little bit of time left. Talk to me about execution risk. And here what I'm thinking is that, you know, are there going to be platforms out there where an element of the risk you take as, you know, the sponsor is that, you know, they may not be able to raise all of the money online. They may not be able to, you know, d deliver on, on closing day um, versus an, uh, a crowdfunding platform where, ex are there crowdfunding platforms where execution is guaranteed? Even if we don't raise, you know, our target amount online, we're still going to be able to deliver for you. Absolutely. So our model is simple. We go to the real estate people that we do business with for and have relationships with for many years. We write the check up front and close on the transaction because we've underwritten it and we believe in it so much that we're putting our money on the line in case the crowd falls short of the race. So we then go to the crowd after we write that check and raise the money from the crowd and every person investing can feel confident that their money's gonna go through because the deal's already closed on. Now, if we fall short of the raise, we're okay with that because we believe in the transaction enough based on our uh, experience and our skills to write that check up front. And that's the confidence that we relate to our investors when we make that decision. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. Sam, thanks for having me. That was Adam Kaufman, co-founder and managing director of Arbor Crowd. We're going to take a short break, but stay with us. When we come back, I'll be joined by Dr. Mike Fratantoni, chief economist of the Mortgage Bankers Association. You're listening to the Real Estate Hour on Business Radio, powered by Wharton. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.